This time, Melissa Carpenter is going to bring us a special. week. Uh, one thing I wanted to say before I uh, sing the song is the college ministry uh, in Monticello, Arkansas, MBSF, y'all please be in prayer for them. Uh, they've been doing uh, a lot of good work. Uh, three weeks ago, they baptized two college kids. week after that, they baptized three. And then last Thursday, they baptized two girls. They've been doing, uh, Rob's been doing good work up there, so y'all be in prayer for them. Oh. 
Thank you, Caleb, and thank you, Miss Melissa. And I asked, uh, there was some commercials here a while back, several years ago, that said, had this phrase, and it said, got milk. And uh, so kind of barred that with this uh, particular idea on, do you have faith? Do you got faith as a question? 
Now, faith, that is the word. That's the word we're looking at this morning. Words to live by. Faith is a word that many people have overused, and it has lost its effectiveness. It's kind of like the word love. Well, I love, you just fill in the blank, you know. And a lot of times, even teenagers today, uh, they start using that word really quick in their relationship. And they really, and of course, any of us in here that are like 30 and up, or even, of course, you know, 80 and up, 100 and up, you know, we've been around a while enough to know that love is definitely, there's a lot of conditions there. There's a lot of things that's tied to, and it's overused. It's, or it's used too easily. And it, and when you do that, what it does is it, it loses its effectiveness. And, uh, you know, you can say, you can tell your honey, I love you. Was well, that the same love that you have toward banana pudding? <laughs> is, I mean, is that the same love that you have toward ice cream? I mean, I, I love banana pudding and I love ice cream, but it's not the same kind of love that you should have for your spouse. In other words, when I'm done, okay, I'm full. I don't need you anymore. And, uh, or when I'm done now, I feel bad. <laughs> and, uh, so it's not the same kind of love, is it? There are different kinds of love. And a lot of times we'll say to somebody, well, I love you. Well, if you're not married to them yet, or if you're just dating them, uh, well then that love, I mean, what kind of love is that? And so faith is the same way. A lot of times we'd say, well, I've got faith in the Lord, but James says that if we never act on that faith, if we never do anything, then our faith is dead because it's inactive. It's not doing anything. And a lot of times that leaves the point that is our faith real or is our faith in the right person? Is it in the right spot? And so right here in the book of Matthew in just a second, we're going to look at two different kinds of faith. We're going to look at a little faith and a great faith. The Bible says you can have little faith and great faith, okay? And so let's just talk about that for a second. Now, somebody may say, well, the Bible also says if you have a just a little faith as a grain of mustard seed, we don't even have that much. And uh, because, you know, you could say unto this mountain, be removed and go yonder. And you just, and so Jesus is saying, but that, that kind of faith, number one, is a real faith. And it's also in the right place. In other words, it's, it's point, my faith is in the Lord. And so there's two things. I've got real faith and that it's, uh, and we'll see what that is in just a second. And, uh, and then without even getting to Hebrews, you know, Hebrews 11, man, that's loaded with faith, faith, faith. And, but there's a lot of other good places in God's word that talks about having a little faith and then it has much faith. Did you know the disciples said this to Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. They said that to the Lord, so that can be done. And also, uh, faith is expressed in the Bible three different ways. You have saving faith. In other words, I had, I trusted Jesus by faith. We looked at that last week, I think we hit Ephesians 2 8. But, so this faith, you know, that, that we're trusting in the Lord. And then, 
Uh, last week, remember, our other, what was our word last week? Pop quiz, what was our word last week? Anybody remember? Somebody said it, grace. That's right. So grace and faith are tied together in Ephesians 2.8. For by grace are you saved through faith. Okay? And so that's, that's the word that we had last week. Faith is this other word that's so powerful today. All right? And so I got saved by faith. And then it says we're supposed to walk by faith and not, but that, that's your everyday living, your everyday life. And then lastly, faith is sometimes used in scripture as what you believe. The Bible says this, earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered to the saints. So faith can be the things you believe, the things that you know. So let's look at this, which is Matthew eight twenty six. Let's look at God's holy word. Let's all stand for this just one verse. And this goes together. It's really cool. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful, O ye of little faith? He's talking to the church members and the disciples. Then he arose, rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Father, I thank you for your word. Father, help us to place our faith in you, to live by faith, and to serve you in a greater way. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for honoring God's word this morning and looking at this passage. And and so just looking at little faith this morning... Uh, and, uh, the, and right now we're going to look at uh, just a, a little faith and we'll start off talking about this little faith and then we will go on from there. There's no doubt what Jesus is saying in this verse. And looking at, first of all, fear and faith are opposites. Fear and faith are they're like a seesaw. They battle one another. One goes up, the other goes down. The other one goes up, the other one goes down. And so we have fear and faith. They're always going against one another. Many times you and I have had a, <clears throat> a moment where we wanted to do something for God, but we were too afraid. I wanted to say something for the Lord, but I, I got a little nervous Everybody in this room, we say, you know, some have said that they have no fear, but a lot of times you put them in front of a crowd or you say, go witness to somebody you don't know or do something you've never done before. Ah, then we see that there is fear. We all have fear of some sort, fear of something, fear of, and most of the time when it comes to doing things for God, you don't see it. You, know, you can talk the talk all day long, but until you see somebody stretching their faith and doing something for God, witnessing to somebody, but that's good, and it could be any little thing. And I, man, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I'm a fan of exercise. Many people that uh, yesterday had at 5K, and then I told Caleb, "You just drive home. I'm gonna run home." And uh, so I was trying to get in some miles and. And I had one church member, Steve Collins, on on 82, and he pulled over. What are you doing, preacher? 
and nothing after you? And he asked me, did I need a ride? And uh, so I said, I'm good. I got it, you know, so on and so forth. But I'm also a fan of of somebody doing something for God. You know, not just coming to church, but trying something you've never tried. Talking to somebody you've never talked to. Yeah, you get nervous when you talk to somebody you've not ever met. And that's the natural part of life. It's a natural. I mean, these guys here, they were afraid of this storm. These were experienced fishermen. This must have been some sort of storm. This wasn't just a little old lightning storm. But faith and fear, they, I mean, sometimes it's facing something you've never faced. Somebody's facing cancer. Somebody's facing an unknown. Most of the time, in all of my years in the ministry, when people are afraid, it's usually the biggest one is the unknown. I don't know how my kids, I mean, I don't know what my kids are facing. I don't know what they're doing. And are they unknown about uh, a relationship? It could be a relationship in marriage. It could be a relationship in your family. It's the unknown. Some, some people in this room have faced job changes. And it may be the fear of the unknown. I don't know how this is going to work out. I just don't know. But I'm asking you this morning to try to trust Because guess what a synonym for faith is? Trust. Trust the Lord. Trust. It's easier said than done, isn't it? I mean, I can get up here and preach till the cows come home. I know y'all want me to do that. So somebody will go get their cow. Hang on a second, preacher. I'll be right back. And uh, so, you know, just, you know, you can preach all day long. You can talk about this all day long. But there's a difference between talking about our trust and living our trust, living our faith. So this here, and this, these are great guys. You know, faith, fear and faith can be tested. Faith can be tested. Of course, this storm here is a literal storm. Now, in our text here in Matthew 8, it's, it's, it, there's a literal storm. It's literally thundering, lightning, probably hailing. It's all just coming down. And so this storm, faith can be tested by a trial. Uh, I want you quickly to look at James. James chapter 1. Just look at how this trial, your faith can be tested real quick. In James 1, the Word of God says this in verse 2 and 3. My brethren... Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. The try, wait a second. Trying of your faith worketh patience. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Um, that, <clears throat> you've, that's one of those you've got to be kidding me scriptures. You've got to be kidding me, scriptures. In James 1, 2, it says, in other words, yes, shout, say, man, I'm excited that I'm being tested. I'm excited that I'm being tried. You've got to be kidding me. That's what this scripture is. It's a, you've got to be kidding me, scripture. That's kind of, I've expressed this one time before. I've said this. I've said, uh, uh, remember whenever God asked Abraham to slay, give on the altar his son Isaac. That was one of those in Genesis 22. You've got to be kidding me, scriptures. 
What are you asking? But guess what? The Bible says it talks about Abraham's faith when he did that. What is faith again? What's the synonym for faith? Trust. We don't know what he was thinking until we read the book of Hebrews. But this is one of those, you've got to be kidding me, scriptures, because on the surface, if you throw faith out, if you, if you throw a relationship with God out, you say, God, I trust you, no matter what your marriage is going through, no matter, in so many times I've seen people that have, that have gone, when, when trials hit, when tough times hit, they don't run to God, they actually drop out of church. They're, they'll drop, literally drop, and it's just too hard. It's, I'm like, He's the one that we need to run to. He's the one we need to draw nigh to whenever we're going through a tough time. And that's what we've got to do. And so the uh, there is a, and this is really cool. So this is just one of those crazy scriptures. Knowing this, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience. That's verse 3. There was an acrostic up on your screen a while ago. F-A-I-T-H. And uh, it's uh, definitely a, a, it's a really cool thing about an acronym for faith. Now, some have said, and it is a trust, and many of you have heard the acrostic for grace, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. That's a good one. God's riches at Christ's expense. He gives you something. This here is faith in action, F-A-I-T-H, forsaking all I trust him. There's no greater, I don't think, acronym for faith than that. Forsaking, you know, when uh, Caleb was asking what uh, worship song to sing, and, and we were talking, he said, Dad, what you preaching on? I said, the word for today is faith. And this song popped in his head, give me faith. You know, to trust him, to surrender to him. Many people get saved. You can get saved but not do that. Amen? You can get saved, but not trust Him. You can get I trust you as my Savior, but what have I preached for years? Trust you as my Savior, but nah, follow you every day? Mm. Live for you outside these walls? Mm. Uh, actually talk to somebody about my faith? Mm, I don't think so. Uh, actually, you know, bring somebody to church? Talk to somebody I don't know? Go somewhere I've never gone? Mm, I don't think, preacher, you're, you done stopped preaching and went to meddling now, you know, telling me how I should live outside these four walls. But folks, it's in the Bible. This is what we should do. This is how we should live. Forsake all I trust him <clears throat> all right I'm gonna uh who wants to go to the kitchen and make coffee because y'all are asleep just I'm for passing coffee out right now if you don't drink coffee hot cocoa get some sugar in you banana pudding go good with that so next Sunday morning we may have to do it because y'all are all asleep this morning okay and so the very last verse that I want to deal with before moving on to uh, great faith is James 1, 4, which back here where we were. This is the difference between, and I don't remember if I put it in the bulletin or not, but James 1, 4 says, but let patience, and that words, that means that the end result of you trusting Jesus, the end result of you living your faith, 
have her perfect work. And this means that you may be perfect. The word perfect means complete. Because the opposite of this, notice this on the screen, if you don't have it, it says in the King James that you may be perfect and entire. So if I don't have a living faith, the opposite goes with that. That you may. I trust you. I trust you in trials. I trust you when my marriage is struggling. I trust you when my job is struggling. I trust you when my health is struggling. I trust you. I'll live for you. I have faith in you. Forsaking all, I trust you. So if that's true, if James 1.4 is the inspired word of God, the opposite is also true. That you may be perfect and entire. The word perfect means mature, complete. So if we don't trust God, it means we'll stay immature and incomplete. It's not only an amen, that's an old me, isn't it? It is. It's like, uh, no, no, none of us in here, I want to stay immature and incomplete. Nobody really wants to do that. But our actions betray us because we don't step out on faith. We don't try for the Lord. He's not asking us to do the impossible. And even if he did, he will accomplish it. He will do it. Matter of fact, if you say, if you say, Brother Michael, I got this. I can do that. If you don't have to have faith, then you don't need the Lord, do you? Think about it. If you got the strength, the mental capability, and then because we got some awesome, talented people in this church, man, y'all put me up here with plenty of time. I can preach for an hour today. Got in the pulpit eleven ten. So you know, and so yeah, I'm not just kidding, okay. And uh, so you know, I'm so think about this. I mean, it's like this. If you can do it, what do you need the Lord for? Have you ever thought about that? Well. Let's move on to, this is talking about weak faith, little faith, the storm. Back in our text, which is what I call great faith, Matthew 8, 10. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 10. This Jesus, same, same chapter as we had a while ago with the storm. We're, in, we're just a few previous verses. Matthew 8, 10, what does it say? When Jesus heard it, talking about what this guy said, we'll talk about what he said in just a second. He marveled and said to them that followed, Verily or truly, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. That is cool. No, not nobody else. I mean, what if he said that about you? What if God says, I mean, think about it right now in this room. Did you know God knows somebody has great faith in this room? I sure hope the opposite is not true. What if there's nobody in this room that has great faith? Have you ever thought about there? According to this, according to this, somebody can have great faith. According to this scripture, somebody can have awesome faith. What if there's nobody in our church that has it? How do I get it? Well, we'll see it just by looking here. Number one, it was in the right person because who's he talking to? This fellow's talking to the Lord. Faith is complete trust. I completely trust you. True faith means I'll stake my life upon it. The disciples had great faith because they gave their life 
for the Lord. They, in other words, that, that much faith. In other words, if you have faith in your spouse that you trust them, I'll put my life in your hands uh, here several years ago. We had uh, my brother-in-law come to a ropes course. He's been here a couple times doing a ropes course. And a lot of that's to build trust and, and, um, and relationships. And, and, man, he had stuff. He had the zip line in the back. And, and you know, and Miss Carolyn Kelly, she's in Mountain View this morning. I know, you know, I don't know how old she was then. and But, you know, she, here she is, 68 or 70 right there. And she says, I want to go up it. And, you know, and she, age was just a number to her. And so she trucked up a 40-foot ladder with a safety harness on, and did the zip line. And I'm thinking, you know, she goes down the whole thing to, uh, tied to a van. Trey is down there at the stop line, you know, and he's got it. And she's the whole way down. She's going, whee! You know, she's a complete trust in a rope. And uh, Trey, he put his trust in me. He climbed to Jacob's Ladder, which is the top of our family life center. In the middle is 28 feet. On the sides is 24 feet. It was right there in between, so he's uh, probably about 26 feet, and he touches the top, and I've got him. And anyway, he just lets go, and then he goes down, and guess where I go? Up! <laughs> and uh, so then my, I don't know who it was, Caleb, or my brother-in-law ran behind me because I'm going up as he's coming down. And uh, the law of gravity took over, and so they grabbed the rope. So that, I didn't even see that coming, you know, duh. And uh, so <clears throat> anyway, we were, we were, and but he trusted me. He went up. You got it, Brother Michael. I got it. You know, I didn't think about the weight difference, you know, so no problem. I got you. I figured there's enough friction to add on, you know, but uh, he trusted me. But trust is meaning you just don't say it. You do it. Okay. And so that's what in other words, he, he put it according to this. I'll stake my life on it. He was staking his life that brother Michael, you got me because he's 24 feet or whatever in the air. And he lets go. So he trusted me. And so, and praise the Lord, we both survived. But look at how this faith is demonstrated. At back in our text, I'm still in Matthew 8. If you back up to verse 8, his faith is demonstrated this way. He said, the centurion said, Lord, I am not worthy. Right there. That's what I call the right attitude. And a lot of times we don't have faith. We don't have faith. It can be in the right person. You can shout Jesus that I love Jesus and I have faith in Jesus. But if your attitude's wrong, it's, folks, your attitude comes from your heart. Okay? And so out of your heart comes your attitude. And you're, and I mean, if pressure's on, if something happens to you, and it's kind of like I love the way one person said, you really want to know what a person's like? You know, you talk to somebody you won't find out what a person's like when everything's going smoothly. You let somebody not get their way. You let somebody have problems. When you don't get your way, that's when we find out what you're really made of. That's when you find out where you're, what, you're, what you're really is in your heart when you don't get your way. When you planned on something and worked on something or you thought about something or you had your idea and you don't get your way, how you react is based on what's right here. When life throws you a curveball. 
Mm-hmm. And it comes out. And he said what? He had the right attitude. He had a right heart. He said, Lord, I'm not worthy. I, I know who you are. I trust who you are. I completely trust you. He's trusting in the right person. Yes. I'll stake my life upon it. I don't feel worthy. Folks, his attitude is demonstrated in the first part of verse 8. And then you see his thinking. Remember what I said your attitude comes from? Your heart, your thinking comes from here, obviously. What is he thinking? What does he say? Look at 8b through. He said, but speak the word only. And my servant shall be healed. For I... I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth, another come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. And he said, just give the word. This, and according to this, verse 10, notice what Jesus said. When Jesus heard it, what does it say Jesus did? He went like this. Oh. <gasps> He marveled. I don't know how you look when you marvel. Jesus might have just went. But you know what that means when it says he marveled? He got God. He got Jesus's attention. Think about this, that your action, your faith could make God go. I marvel. That's awesome. That is awesome. Turn to Isaiah 66. You want to be the kind of person that get, gets God's attention? You want to be the kind of person that gets God's attention? Most people, when they say, well, how's your relationship with the Lord? They may say, well, I go to church. Uh, how's your daily relationship with the Lord? Well, I, you know, I give to the preacher. I give to the church and thank the Lord for those who give. I'm not asking you about your church attendance. I'm not asking you about uh, the project. You're, I've heard people do this. I've heard people say, man, God's blessed us. Man, we've, we built a building. We built an awning. Praise the Lord, we have an awning. <laughs> or whatever project we're, man, we're going to have a playground. Folks, that's not what gets God's attention. We can build buildings Till the chickens go to roost. Got to use another one. Okay. We can build buildings all day long. Notice Isaiah 66 verse 1. What does it say? Basically in country boy redneck language, Isaiah 66 1 says, You can build buildings, but I don't really care about buildings. I don't really care about stuff. Well, look what it says. Heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. Country boy terminology. What could you build to impress me? Huh? I mean, he hung the stars and the moons and he built, I mean, heavens and earth and everything. You can't impress me. You can't make me go, wow, unless you do verse 2. For all those things my hand hath made, and all those things have been. But to this man, this is the kind of person that gets my attention. Somebody that's got the what? Right attitude. 
and right actions. What's the attitude? A poor and contrite spirit. That's hard to find. Somebody that's broken before men and broken before God. And somebody, what's your actions? That you love God so much that the Word of God is not something you read, but you practice. When you tremble, trembling is a reaction. Trembling is a reaction because you're taking it in. And you're living for the Lord. Is there somebody here that needs to make a decision? Is there somebody here and you say, I need to do, I need to make the decision right now to, to follow the Lord. I haven't been putting Him first. Maybe there's somebody here and they've, you've never prayed and asked Jesus to save you. I don't know. As we get ready for a hymn of invitation, would you bow your head with me for just a second, Father? The word faith is so powerful. It's a word that you've used in our language to express complete trust. Dear Lord, help us to completely trust you. To trust you enough to ask you to be our Savior. To trust you enough to live for you every day after that. To trust you enough to tell others about our relationship with you. To not be ashamed to try something in honor of you that you lead us to do. Your Lord, convict us and guide us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.